0: Social media marketing and business growth with the side of coffee and Jesus. If you're ready for some juicy content, then it's time to hand your kiddos those tablets, grab your coffee, whiskey, or wine, and let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. And I know this is going to be a very intriguing conversation because we are going to be talking about how to think like Sherlock Holmes to find out what your customers really want. So that definitely intrigues me. I'm a big fan of Sherlock Holmes. I'm sure people have read books or have watched movies, and I think he's kind of a quirky character. So I'm really excited about this. So Kay, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm happy that you're here. And before we get into how to think like Sherlock Holmes, will you please share with the listeners who you are and what you do?
1: Yes, I am the author of the new book, Uncopyable Sales Secrets, how to, uh, How what is the title? Oh my gosh, it's a tongue twister. How <laughs> to create an unfair advantage and outsell your competition. So uh, this book came out last May, so less than a year ago, and it's based on my years in outside sales, and all kinds of different sales, uh, my husband and I have a company together and I've worked with him for years selling his speaking and his consulting and just selling him. I say I'm his pimp. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and, you know, I've even done a little bit of network marketing. So all kinds of sales. And uh, I wrote this book based on this uncopyable philosophy that my husband and I have developed over the years of being different and unique and the brass ring is of course to be uncopyable so unique and different that you're uncopyable so that is my book Uh, i now speak and consult to help others in uh, be more successful in sales but yes, I do have, especially, uh, one of the reasons I got the book deal is that I started after college and outside sales in a male-dominated industry. Mm-hmm. I was the first woman ever hired, and the, the first company I worked with was a hardware company, Builders Hardware for Cabinetry. Uh, so I was calling on hardware stores and lumber yards and builders, um, and I was very successful. From then, uh, for the, from there, I went to work for... Um, an equally glamorous company. I was selling automotive exhaust products, <laughs> so bufflers and catalytic converters. And that I wasn't the only woman in that position, but I was one of just a few. And I went on to be the number one salesperson. So with that cred, you know, that's part of why this book publisher was so interested in me because I did compete in a really non-traditional industry and found a way to succeed. And that's what, you know, I know you want me to share with your listeners. So I'm lo- loving to have you along for the ride.
0: That's amazing. And I know you were talking about the industry, a male-dominated industry, and you also earned the nickname Muffler Mama. So I want to know a little more about this. Like, where did that nickname come from?
1: The The nickname came from um, a story When I was early in my career with Walker, that was the name of the company, uh, I obviously had a bit of a credibility issue because I was calling on, I was selling through distributors, but I was, you know, they were ultimately selling to muffler shops. And so I thought, you know, you know, the guys were really, really good to me um, as customers and my team, but I did have to prove myself. So I got the idea to go to one of the muffler shops and ask them if they would show me how to install a muffler system. And that really got their attention because no other rep had done that. No other male or female rep had done that. And of course that really wasn't an integral part of my job, but it ties into the Sherlock part because Sherlock is wanting to know more about the customer and the how the customer uses the product what their not just their use of the product but what are their daily lives like that and like and what were, are the challenges what are the opportunities so i did go and install this muffler and and i tell the story in the book so i won't go into all the details but it was pretty comical because you know right away the guy at the muffler shops looked at what i was wearing he said okay that's not going to fly You need to go get some steel (laughs) toe boots. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) So, you know, I had, and he said, otherwise you might lose a toe if you drop the muffler on your toe. So that was, like I said, the first part of this whole story uh, where I actually did install a muffler. Uh, I never needed to use that skill again, but it gave me so much credibility. And that story got around and they nicknamed me muffler mama. And I think it was a really cordial nickname and we all, I have a, I love to laugh. So um, you can't take yourself that seriously. So, so I, you know, At that time, I didn't really think it through like I do now in sales situations, but I I think for you listening, it's a great example of how, you know, the ultimate goal is to understand the customer and also let them know that you want to understand them and tell them that you want to understand them. Say, I want to know your business. I want to know you know, more about you so that I can help you. So that is the Sherlock angle that I talk about in the book.
0: And I love how you reference to it's not just about selling your customers something, but it's how they use it. And I think that's a big takeaway for our audience. So whatever you are selling, if it's a product or a service, it's not just about selling it, but how are they using it? And I love that because it just adds that, Personal element to really get to know your customers. And I love the title of the book. It has secrets in there. Like it's just such a great title. Now, is this book for anyone who wants to make more sales in their business? It's not just for brick and mortar.
1: Right. It's definitely not. It really is the sales philosophy. Um, my background is is B2B, but it applies to anyone who wants to have a relationship. So it's not a one and done, maybe not a retail uh, you know sale, but it but that's not even true as I'm thinking about this, because even if you're selling cars or, or appliances or something, there is something in here for you. Um I do touch on, you know, specific examples of online and brick and mortar. But the philosophy is the same. I'm, I'm thinking about one story I tell in the book where um, a woman named Leslie is selling IT services. So she is selling B2B, uh, but she tells her customer, I will give you white glove service. Mm-hmm. And that customer later said, I didn't buy the company or even the product I bought what this salesperson will do for me that I won't have to worry about this. I, she's built trust she's proven herself. And now I know that she's the one to take care of me. So it really doesn't matter. I mean, I know that you're more on the social side. um, But really, I mean, how many times lately have you been just pitched on LinkedIn without people knowing anything (laughs) about you? So the philosophy of getting to know your prospect and really wanting to serve them, and again, letting them know that it, it applies
0: to any type of sales situation, really. I love that. But now here's the ultimate question. I really want you to tackle this whole meaning behind think like Sherlock Holmes. You got it. You got it.
1: I think one of the biggest uh, mistakes that salespeople make, and I've seen it again and again, I've experienced it. We've all experienced it. Salespeople talk too much. and I can't say that I'm not guilty of that at times either. I am a talker. Podcasts are my jam because I get (laughs) to talk, right? But in, in sales, you have to not only listen, but be tuned in for clues. You know, one of the reasons I always choose a Zoom meeting over just a phone call, is that I can look at your background, which I've already checked out. I can see some of your values, your family, you know, your, um, maybe your mantras. I'm learning about you based on your background. So I'm looking for clues. I can see that you're nodding and you've got your, you know, you're thinking about what I'm saying. These are all clues. And, you know, I'm not trying to sell you anything, um, but I am wanting to understand you and learn more about you. So, Sherlock begins with listening, but it's a great reminder to really pay attention to all of the signals that someone who's is offering you and and use those to learn how to figure out, hey, here's how I can really help this customer.
0: I love that. And I think, too, we do get into the talking too much. I know I have. But what I'm hearing is is to let the customer or the potential customer client Do the talking, and we need to do a better job of listening, for sure. I do you think too. When we're trying to get the clients or the customers, instead of focusing so much on the product or the service, should we be focusing more on the transformation that the customer will get? Because I think we focus so much on our product, because we're so close to it, we're so proud of it, and we just love all the little bits and pieces of it, or all the benefits, but should we be, you know, looking at it in a different way? Oh, exactly, you
1: totally nailed it. Um, I have a a funny story popped into my mind that um, one of our clients is selling machinery, and by really asking this owner of this job shop, um, what his goals were? Where do you see yourself in five years? How does this? How is this going to make your life easier? Well, it turns out he said, "Well, I want to retire and I want to, you know, move to Florida and spend time on a boat." And the salesperson actually sold him eventually on this new equipment because it would make his business more valuable to sell. And he said, I'm going to help you buy a bigger boat. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it has nothing to do. Buying a bigger boat has nothing to do with the efficiency of this machine. But it is. It's the transformation on how will this affect your business? Ultimately, how will this affect your life? And I totally agree that we are. It's not really for the wrong reasons. I mean, we've all met bad salespeople who want to just shove something down your throat. But I think much more often it's just, like you said, we are in love with our product or service. We believe it. We drank Mm -hmm. the Kool-Aid. And we think everyone should have that. But really, this is just one piece of our prospect, our customer's life. And so the real key is to ask those questions, let them tell, you know, open-ended question. Tell, you know, like I said, where do you see, see yourself in five years? You know, what, what will this mean if this doesn't happen? What will this mean if it does happen? Help me understand, you know, your life, your business, and what's important to you because it's definitely much more about the product. A lot of us are selling products that aren't exactly unique. You know, I have a friend who left a distributor and went to another distributor, and once the non-compete clause was over, he took all his customers with him because Mm. the product isn't the only thing. It might not even be the most important thing, which is hard for us to accept. But as a salesperson, you are part of that package, and you're going to help your customer, as you said, transform part of their lives or their business.
0: And we can even look at like some really big brands that we know. I'm thinking Nike, Starbucks. If you really think about it, do they talk about the shoes or the coffee? Rarely. They're focused on the customer's feelings and experiences. That is really what they do well. And I think we have to be thinking of that because we're talking about transformations. So if you're going to do like, an email or a social media post or talk about something new that you're doing on LinkedIn. Instead of being so descriptive of the product or the service, be more descriptive on what the cost customer is potentially going to feel and what they're going to experience after they have it.
1: And I, I love the Starbucks example because holding a cup of Starbucks and drinking that versus holding a cup of coffee from AM, PM, are two totally different experiences. Mm-hmm. And you know, honestly, we drink Starbucks at home, but I don't buy a drip Starbucks because it's too strong for me. <laughs> it's <laughs> hair on your chest. But um, you know, so the product is secondary really in this case. I mean, you know, if you you know look at the Super Bowl and the, you know, the Pepsi commercials, whatever that was, and, and definitely Nike, it's all about the brand and the identity and how your customer feels Uh, when they use your product or service um, versus just we get too in the weeds with, yeah, the stuff that really doesn't even matter to the customer.
0: Yes. And I think, too, to add on to your think like Sherlock Holmes, I know I'm guilty of this. I'm sure a lot of people are, is we are thinking about like us, right? Like, I have to get this product or service out there. I have to make sales. Where we have to take the focus off of us, right? And put it on them and make our customers put them up on a pedestal, really.
1: Right. We we have a saying and I mentioned it in, in my book, my husband's written books. Um, make your customers rock stars. Mm, you know, their like world is so busy and full, and we're just one part of their day or their life but if we can elevate them and and give them shout outs in front of other people or compliment them or pay attention to details oh i remember you said your son was you know going to be playing in a baseball game you know i mean i've always said if you can i've got we've got one daughter you know if someone compliments my kid hey (laughs) they've got me right so uh yeah it's it's elevating them um and thinking really, you know, again, like the Sherlock. Um, I do have a story in the book I talk about. Years ago, I went to a street fair here in Seattle and I had my a palm reader read my palm. And I just was doing it because I'd never done it. I thought it would be so interesting. And it was such a great lesson that t- ties into the Sherlock story, uh, because as she was looking at my palm, she was also looking up at my face and in my eyes to see mm. my reaction right down. I remember the first thing she said, she's just trying to get the backstory. She said, I see a sister. And she could tell by my look, I didn't, my face, I don't have a sister. And she said, I mean, a brother. And then she's like, yes, I see a brother.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
1: I'm like, wow, this woman, I don't know if she's a master at palm reading, but she's a master at, you know, Human psychology and studying people and and sales you know it is it's about psychology it's about um you know when you said you know when we're listening, not being ready to say the next thing that's on our mind, but to ask them the next question about you know to follow up on what they said if you ever tell- someone says something and you follow up with kind of a tell me more question, that's a great Sherlock question because then they know you really heard them. So Mm. that is just a real gem. And, you know, especially in this day of, you know, we've just survived COVID. We're all online. There's so much disconnect. Mental health is, is horrible. You know, people are lonely. A real meaningful conversation with your prospect or customer might be really, you know, important
0: and a game changer for you. And I love how you brought up, like, there's a lot out there, social media. Before we end our conversation, do you have any advice for someone to be able to stand out with their sales above all the other white noise that's out there?
1: Well, I talk about being uncopyable. We do, you know, I do a lot of branding uh, things like I'm wearing orange right now. I don't know if people will be seeing this. Um, The roses I got delivered today are covering um, this big picture of a moose because we call our ideal target our moose. So, you know, thinking of some things that will help people remember you. Like I challenge, you know, when I work with a a consulting client, I say, what can someone say about you that they can't say about anyone else? Now, afterwards, you're going to say, oh, yeah, Kay Miller. She was the one who wore orange she's the one who talked about the moose. She talked about rock stars. So, you know, I feel like people are kind of afraid to go with something and just dig in, even if Mm -hmm. it's a color or a saying or a phrase, Um, you know, I, cause I I would also say be authentic, but then everyone says that be authentic, you know, but I do feel like, you know, my book starts out. The first line in my book was that my first sales call was a disaster. (laughs) So I'm being real, because we've all had these failures and disasters. So, um, you know, I think social media, which is also a problem for me personally, you know, it can be a negative for me if I just go down that rabbit hole. So I think being authentic and real and admitting that you're not perfect is one. But also I challenge you to just pick that one thing that you can say, okay, this I'm, you know, I'm going big on this one particular
0: thing and stick with it. And I think too, to follow up with that, we cannot be afraid to repel people. I think that's something big that people try to stay like safe is they are not afraid to repel people. But I'm I'm past that. I'm just like, this is who I am. And you don't like it. You're not for me. Like, (laughs) yes.
1: Don't try to be for everybody because then you'll be for nobody really. Exactly. yeah,
0: you'll find
1: your your moose, your tribe who who you resonate with, and vice
0: versa. Um, yes, that that would be my advice for sure. Awesome. Well, Kay, this was such an amazing conversation. I know it was quick, but it was packed with some great juicy information. So where can the audience learn from you more?
1: I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, My name is Kay Miller. My LinkedIn is Miller Kay. And my website is uncopyablesales.com. And you can buy my book on Amazon. I would love for you to do that. It's been called the most fun sales book you'll ever read. So it's got lots of stories, lots of realness. (laughs) It's not a textbook. So those are the ways that you can reach me. Also, you can email me k at uncopyablesales.com.
0: Awesome. I will make sure that all those links are in the show notes. And thanks again for being here. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Can you do me a favor? The best way to support me and grow the podcast is by leaving a written review on Apple iTunes. I promise you. I read every review and take them to heart. And don't forget, head to BossLadyInSweatpants.com to snag some freebies or hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Shoals. I'll see you soon.